2: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundikram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letitia. <laughs> James Beattie, oh, Belka! <laughs> but they've got a hat trick and the unbelievable hat trick to Sadio Mellon, Shane Long takes Southampton to Wembley, Graciano Teller with a left-foot strike, will pass, lifts it, and he's got it in as well, and Danny Ings has done it again, <laughs> checking out In That Number with me, Kevin the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you need be bothered, send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go!
0: Welcome back to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 151. This week we faced the birds and the bees at home, the magpies of Newcastle and the hornets of Watford. Uh, today we shall discuss both uh, and we'll look ahead to our FA Cup quarter final against Manchester City next weekend. Uh, joining me once again this week is substitute Tim Bizance. Tim? Welcome back and uh, a busy week for you.
1: Yeah, just a busy week traveling uh, Thursday to Sunday. I had a seven hour car drive yesterday. And it's one of those things I feel like I'm getting to the point now where when you take a vacation, you want to have a day off after your vacation. Yeah. Like so you need a make. vacation. You need a vacation from your vacation anymore. Before you're like, oh, everything's great, everything's good, this is wonderful. And then you're like rested and re- recoup, ready to go back to work or to go to school. No, I want another day off. Like I just want a day off to recover <laughs> from my from my vacation. But it, we did have daylight savings time here in the U.S., so we lost an hour. Had to drive seven hours in a car. Uh, I-95 is the devil. Anybody who is listening in the states will know that and uh, overall could have been a better week for us
0: yeah and it could have been a better week on the pitch as well uh devastating loss to newcastle and then you know an even worse uh to 18th place watford just a, a horrible week in general you know incredible february and you know you tick over to march and all of a sudden you know we're shit no explanation eight goals conceded in three games and we've got man city next so uh yeah the form has has, has disappeared somewhat uh, not to worry uh we're still here um before we kick on with the show um I just want to thank everybody who's reached out um reached out to me personally regarding our Kevin um he's okay uh he he's just had a stressful couple of weeks as you can imagine with everything that's going on right now um and he's taken some well-earned rest until further notice so yeah thank you for uh for asking how he is and yeah he's fine. He's fine. Um, A reminder, if you appreciate what we do and you feel like you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Uh, And we have our membership, which is now live, of course, our tears for beers. Right, Tim, shall we get into the ITN news?
1: Let's do it.
2: This is ITN in that number news.
0: Okay, then I'll kick off with the Premier League awards for February. Uh, As you know, we were up for all three, the goal, the player and the manager. But once again, we come away empty handed. Uh, The goal of the month was uh, Romayu was up for it, but Zaha bit him. Uh, Player of the month, Che was up for it, but uh, Joel Matip took it. And the manager of the month, Ralph, was up and Eddie Howe took it. So, yeah. That's gutting as well. That could have that could have been better for us.
1: Yeah, it definitely could. I was hoping for Ralph. I was thinking there was a good a good chance for him. Eddie uh, Howe got it. Where I feel that their running games were worse than ours uh, in terms of the opponents that they played against. Uh, they played against versus the opponents that yeah. we played against. Didn't work out, and now uh, he's going to be sitting on his high horse going in for the rest of the season as he's got oil money floating down the river with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've had enough of them. I have. We still gotta talk about them. Injury updates. Uh, Alex McCarthy. Tim, there's something fishy about this one, if you ask me. I mean, he picked up a hamstring injury in that much scrutinised last gap, last gasp equaliser to Brighton. That was on the 4th of December. And then Ralph publicly bashed him for not revealing the extent of said injury, which, you know, allowed Neil Mopay to score the goal eight minutes into stoppage time, by the way. Returned to training in mid-January, but then was said to have had a further setback. You know, and here we are, mid-March, and still he's not training. I-, I just think there's more than meets the eye with this one. You know, if this was a you know a high-grade hamstring injury, then this would have been reported. Um, he would have left the ground on crutches, uh, which wasn't wasn't the case. I mean, we saw what happened with Lianko. that was a grade three tear, I believe. And if it was a tear, then you know, he certainly couldn't have played on either, but he did. So I don't know if there's if there's been a little bit of a disagreement between him and
1: and Ralph. That's plausible. You could definitely have that level of injury that that wasn't necessarily documented. I think the timing is extremely unfortunate because you are correct. You could scrutinize or speculate on what's gonna what's gonna happen here. Don't know. Uh, I we haven't seen anything or heard of anything from him. And this is where being in the U.S., you have the NFL, for example, that has a roster or a list of an injury report that you can kind of get the information on. Are they out? Are they doubtful? Are they questionable? Or have they been cleared to practice? And it's a little more defined where in the Premier League, it's not, that's not the case. So we're here to speculate and figure that out. And with the poor timing, not a fan, and then even the contract situation is on top of it. Everybody's mind is going. We don't know where it's going to lead to us. And uh, honestly, we we needed something settled in going into next year because Forster is going to be out. McCarthy supposedly assigned his contract. We don't know. I I
0: think this is the end of him, to be honest. But again, I'm I'm just speculating. I think this could be it. I don't think. Um, Ralph wants him around anymore. I think he's going to let his contract go. I think he's going to give Forster another deal. I just have a feeling he might because Forster's been great. Um, and then maybe sign a new goalkeeper, uh, as a number one and keep Forster on as a number two. That's, that's where the way I see that one going. Nathan Teller, uh, still suffering with that groin problem. However, he is training with the squad. Uh, probably, you know, he might be a good couple of weeks away yet, but I mean, after that city game, we're off for a week. Um, and then, you know, return to action on the 2nd of April against Leeds. So maybe he could make that match they squad. I don't think they're going to rush him into the into the city game.
1: There's um, no reason to rush him back. Uh, he, if you're if you're having that level of a problem, you're that young. Uh, we've got depth, at least at that type of position. Uh, let's just make sure he heals up and maybe even throw him a couple B, uh B squad games to get him back in uh, to the to lineup and get him back to full fitness. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, Tim, I want to talk to you about this whole situation with Chelsea. Everybody knows what's going on. You know, the the, the, the clubs, <laughs> it can't be sold. You know, Abramovich has, got, has had his assets frozen and you know, no players can come in, no new contracts.
1: Uh, but where does this leave Broya? So, the idea is that they can't sell players, uh, right now. Or, I'm sorry, they can't buy players. But if they, if they, if they sell players, their assets are frozen. So, what, at what level, what point of negotiations are going into play? I think that's just gonna have, we're gonna have to let time take its course to go into what will be the, uh, transfer, transfer window in May. They're gonna have more clarity from the, from the, from the U.K. government at that point. Uh, I don't know. I think that they're, and what I'm hoping for, is that they're going to be willing to honor current arrangements or agreements. Uh, That would allow us to then continue and uh, refresh the loan agreement that we have with them. Uh, That would also include the Conor Gallagher agreement or any other other agreements that they have for their loan players Uh, right now. You know, it's all—it's all a complete toss-up. And as much as I want to be able to speculate, and know what's going on, anything can, can change in, from this week to the next podcast. And I just hope that we at least get the opportunity to uh, take a, take a chance at him, whether it be signing him permanently or on a loan. As he can definitely develop here, he's been playing well. He fits into the squad, and I think he's enjoying it too. Yeah, it's some—it's um, a difficult situation
0: at the moment. Um, you know, Chelsea are having their three. their club sponsors pulled out. I heard Nike are pulling out or have pulled out. Um, it's just, yeah, it's not not a great situation for Chelsea, for, for anybody really. But, um, yeah, and, and bro, yeah, we just don't know. We just don't know. Transfer, a little bit of transfer news that come out in the week, a cheeky bit of transfer news. Um, Napoli, after our centre-back duo of Saliso and Bednarik. Did you hear
1: that? Yeah, I heard that. No, is that going to happen? That's no, That's not going anywhere, is it? That's not going
0: to... Although, at the moment, I'm probably sure they ain't, ain't
1: going to want them the,
0: the way that they've been playing lately.
1: Any transfer news that hit my alerts at about 11 p.m. on the East Coast here? I don't believe in whatsoever. <laughs>
0: no, it was just a little bit that popped up, and I thought, wow, the cheek of it. So I thought I'd have to discuss it if, any, if you didn't know. Uh, moving on then to the to the low knees... Um, Dinel Simeou, in, in particular, fine form with, uh, with Carlisle at the moment. Picked up a man of the match for his performance in a 2-1 win against Northampton. So, yeah, they've won four in a row now. So they're picking up, and it's all coincided with Simeou getting there. So, um, yeah, that that's great. It's good to see him flourishing there. Any
1: yellow cards?
0: I, I don't think he did. I don't think he picked up a yellow card either. So he seems to have snapped that streak.
1: Well, that's why he won man of the match, is that yeah. he didn't get a yellow card. That's
0: it. And the B team, then. uh they were at Aston Villa last week, like we were. A 2-2 draw though. Um, Kazima Legby of course with the goal, uh, and Lewis Payne with the other. Uh, next up, they play Reading at home on Sunday the 20th, and that's 11am kickoff. Uh, and the Women's National League Cup semi-final. They've won over Crawley Wasp's advance to the final for the first time where they will face Huddersfield on the 24th of April. That's great news. And um, goals from Katie Rude and Alicia Ware. Um, yeah, so that's that's fantastic. In, the, in a cup final, they, they deserve it. Uh, and then on Wednesday, return to league action uh, with rivals Oxford. Uh, a 1-1 draw on the road. Alicia Ware again with a goal. And then Sunday afternoon, Bridgewater United... Another 1-1 one, one draw. Difficult one to take that, because uh, Elipuzzi got the opener, but Bridgewater grabbed the equalizer in the 89th minute, so that was a tough one to take. Um, and you know they need, they need all the points they can get at the moment. Uh, and next up, uh, Sunday the 20th, they are away at Cardiff. Right, Tim, we need to go to our Newcastle game. Are you ready for this? Let's get going.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty,
0: In that number. Dean Hammond here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, this is going to be painful. Um, Newcastle then. We went in after that shocking embarrassment to Villa, uh, but our home form was still intact. And, you know, unbeaten 10 home games, it was looking good. However, Newcastle had lost just once in their last nine against us, and that was last season's game. Uh, but we went on to lose just our second home game of the season, 2-1, after taking the lead through Stuart Armstrong after 25 minutes. Chris Wood with the leveller and Bruno Gimmerish capped his first start with his first goal to take all three points for them. Devastating, really. Uh, two changes from that 4-0 thumping then. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters is in for Perrault, and-, and Salisi was back. Uh, he's back in for Jack Stevens. No surprises there, really, Tim, but... Um, You know, you you have your best players available. You play them, don't you? Absolutely. This game, of course, I mean, it should have taken place in January. We all know this. You know, they decided they wanted a a transfer window and they used COVID as, as an excuse and they didn't have enough fit players. They had 25 senior players available. That is blatantly cheating. Um. And how the Premier League ate this up is is beyond me. And, Tim, to make matters worse, their new signings, you know, who they wouldn't have had in the January, scored the goals to steal the points from us. And that, that's why this one was so hard to, hard to take. And it's one that I really, really wanted. I really wanted to, you know, to shut them up. But it, we just weren't good enough on the
1: day. No, we looked like trash. <laughs> and uh, it was unfortunate for us. We had our we had our prime lineup out there that we could have as, as best as we could. We wanted it, but we fell flat. And, you know, you could have just pointed to all of the different players that nobody stepped up beyond uh, the, the normalcy of what we had. Uh, I mean, Forster kind of lacked a little bit there in the back. Roria didn't do a whole lot going. I mean, Adams definitely hit the post there, which was great. But in the Armstrong goal, uh, 67 or 68 percent possession in that game it's just tough it's yeah just it tough. was
0: kind of like the villa game wasn't it in that in that regard in possession when you've got so much of the ball and you and you're not doing anything with it it's just it, it's it's worrying that you they, they seem to go through these patches where they have a brilliant spells and then bad spells it's just the inconsistency that, that that hurts you the most it's it's you just can't put your finger on it as
1: why it's happening right now being knocked back down to reality unfortunately because yeah like you said all the new signings uh Bruno and Chris Wood and then Matt Target playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, also, Arwell Dan Academy Byrne runner. as well
0: got the assist for that Bruno goal. So
1: yeah, it, it, it's like a gut punch. It finally is bringing us back down to reality. And uh, the, the highs and lows of being a Saints fan are are definitely there. And this is we're definitely in that low period. So we'll always have February 2022.
0: <laughs> it's never a dull moment. That's it. But um, yeah, the, the game in itself it was quite slow start, I guess, and, you know, took both teams a while to get into it, but I felt we settled quicker, you know, we created more at that point, you know, you wasted an effort, uh, Romeo had one high and wide, and, you know, there was a feeling from my part that, you know, we wouldn't be able to carve out enough chances and it was going to be a, you know, a dour nil-nil, but we did grab the opener, it wasn't pretty you know, you, know, you, you take them however they come, of course uh, Stuart Armstrong Heading down, then it goes in off of Dan Byrne at the back. So yeah, a good start.
1: That's it. You need to build from that. Yeah, you could build from it, but we didn't. <laughs> uh, it just, it just, they just lacked something. We did the, we did the complete opposite, didn't we, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't put, I couldn't put exactly the touch that we were feeling or what the, what that, what that missing element is. We just didn't click and it's hard to, it's hard to play because soccer is such a fluid game to me that you Press have, you've, yeah, days you have, things are going better uh, on some days and things are go, can go worse on other days and it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm I've been debating and thinking about this and I just, there's something I can't find and maybe you're, you you have a different view or opinion on it, but it just didn't work, whatever we did just didn't work. No, and I'm, I'm
0: trying to look back at when it was working and what we did differently and it's... There's nothing obvious. Well, I've been, apart from just not creating enough, no one seems to want to to have a go. Um, and it, it seems to a lot a, a lot of slow build up, a lot of backwards, sideways passing, you know. And then the individual errors that you have are, are costing us, and it's it's just self inflicted most of the time. And, and you know when, when Chris Wood did grab that equaliser, okay, yes, it was a pinpoint cross from John J. Shelby. Um, and Wood's just doing what he does best, really. But, you know, Salisu, rare error there, just ball watching, I guess, allowing Wood to get ahead on it. I, I guess, you know, wow, well, he definitely would like that one back. I feel
1: like the positioning that, uh, Salisu had going against Chris Wood, you know, with Chris Wood being a target man, and we, they knew when Eddie Howe was gonna go into, was gonna go into the team, that he wanted to be able to build around a, a workhorse center mid who can, who can ping the ball everywhere. And who would have thought? It could, Challenger Shelby could have stepped up to that opportunity. But this is why they brought Chris Wood in here. You know, he's going to have four, five, six goals. Uh, he might get an assist or two. He might. He's just going to go in there and cause havoc. And he brought that Burnley magic that always plays well against us, and f- and was able to find you know, find the seams, build it through, and one one at that point. Yeah, Shelby seems
0: to be picking up his place for since Eddie Howe's arrived. So that's. Something that, that Eddie Howe needs needs to be praised for there, but um, it was it was on that point, Tim, when we were one-one. It was that's when we didn't do enough. That's where we needed a big response, and we just didn't get it. And you know, okay, Shay had that effort that you mentioned. He, he hit an awesome volley, and it just cracked the bar. Very unlucky, but just there wasn't enough at all. It was just it was very very slow. It was not, uh, the, you know, the fans could you could tell they were getting restless, uh, and then the other one goes in, and surprise, surprise, you know, it's, it's a corner. You know, you, you didn't see that one coming. Um, Bruno Gimmerish. the corner's whipped in very deep. Dan Burns at the back, and he nods it back into the danger area, and Bruno flicks it in. It was just easy, and again, something that, you know, should have been dealt with.
1: Yeah, you saw multiple corners that they had, where they were hitting it long, and then Dan Burns was sliding in the back. They felt that with the zonal marking that we've had in their system, it was more more important for us to uh, bring out the draw the attention outward. And Dan Byrne being what six seven, mm-hmm. uh, it's re- absolute ridiculous in height can expose and then break up just enough to break up that zonal marking play. And then Gimmerish, I, I didn't expect that you know the back heel flick to be able to get that in. That's just pure talent. And, uh, you know, found, like, just enough, right enough to break that zonal marking. And that's it. It was 2-1. And, you know, we wanted to go into halftime. You would have thought, okay, let's kick ourselves back in gear. We need to solidify to slow it down. And then they, that's just, that was just them being able to scout us. Because, I mean, how many corners did they have? They had five corners and four of them, I distinctly remember, hitting long to go to try to ping burn. And, It's reflected in Burns' play on that game, and I didn't think he would play as a full, as a center back and a four pairing, but man, he's, he's been really good for them. He's exactly what they needed, and.
0: Yeah, well they shouldn't have even had him, should they?
1: They, nope. You know, we
0: should have been playing them and they were in the bottom three and they didn't have the likes of, uh, of Woodburn and, uh, and all the others. Um, but very frustrating. Again, you know, the tactics from Newcastle, lots of diving, time wasting. You know, you feel pressure, you go down and, and you know, the, the ref is conned into giving a free kick. Just a frustrating evening in, in, in general. And Emil Kraft, I mean. What a
1: joker. He's not going to be allowed back in Southampton anytime soon. No, not at all. Not at all. And as much as I, I feel that we could be bitter about them and uh, how they are able to play the Kobe That's all game. I'm
0: bringing, Tim. I'm just bringing bitterness to this.
1: <laughs> well, that's what it... I mean, it's as bitter as my coffee was this morning. And it just sucks. Um, I, I absolutely hate it. And But that's the name of the game. They conned their way into an opportunity to succeed, and they got it. And yeah. It's it's unfortunate, poor timing, and oh, man. yeah, I'm with you. I'm I just,
0: mean, the, uh, the the likes of Dan Burn John Joe Shelby, Chriswood, these are all big-bodied players, right? And both goals conceded were from these, you know, the big bodies. Gimmerish, obviously, not so much. But the, you know, the Dan Burns header. They I mean, is there a was there a sense that we were just bullied off the ball here?
1: I think they. This is purely the sc- uh, the scouting. Um, The way that we have our lineup, or the way that we have our defense set up, is to provide zonal push. So when you see with the fullbacks pushing high, you push. uh, You have the rotations of the of the center backs. You'll take, and then also the zonal marking on our corners. You'll then see the movement patterns because every every player when a player moves. So for example, if Ward Prowse slides over one direction. Every other player should know exactly where they are in that positioning. So every movement re- changes it up. So what they're able to find is that there's a break in the seams between it. So that's hitting the, the half spaces or through the line chances. And so with, with the, the Shelby ball, as we saw with uh, Chris Wood, he was able to push just a little bit closer to, uh, closer from off of Salisu. Salisu gave him that space. And once he saw that, Wood knew that they're over the top. So is only about 6'2". Uh, so Wood's able to get that, uh, two inch of, two inches of height more than he had. And sliding it through, uh, Shelby knew that he had the, he has a, he has that ball in his wheelhouse. And it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I think hmm. they outplayed us as well. And that's the, uh, that's it's, the bitter, it's
0: the that, yeah, it's that midfield. The but the battles there because we saw it at, like, at Watford as well, like losing those battles in the middle. And I mean, I remember an occasion where Chris Wood was coming back into the middle to pick up the ball, and um, he, he was shoulder to shoulder with um, Shay Adams, and he just nudged him off the ball, just using his strength. And, and Shay's down on the deck, and it's and it's those you know in midfield. Like I said, we we saw it against Watford as well, which is second to all of them um and that was the way it was in the second half really just couldn't really get get enough going forward um but there's a couple of players that I really want to discuss in this game well three actually my my first one, Salisu, um you know he's been out with that hamstring injury he comes straight back into the side um and I said it last week if he was in that you know the side against villa then we wouldn't have lost 4-0 yes we probably would have lost or we definitely would have lost still but it wouldn't have been 4-0 you know he comes back in not a great performance. It's not the performance that we expect from him at this point. I mean, we all know how important he is and you, you know, there's, there's always another club sniffing around him. Um But yeah, that equaliser. I think he was just snoozing. He was ball watching, uh, not staying with wood. Must have been in his brief, you know, <laughs> you need to stay with this man. Cause all he's going to be able to do is, is to try and push you off the ball and, and to, and to get ahead on it. And that's exactly what's happened. And, now, having said that, you know, he did make a a, um, a problem for himself in the opposite box because he had a, a couple of chances late, and, you know, that one denied by Dubravka late on.
1: Yeah, he's he's actually been able to slide in a little bit and been able to find the seams just going forward, which was something that Vestigard obviously had last year, and, you know, Benarek has he has three goals in this season. So mm. it, by a centre-back having three goals... We've had the opportunities there. Uh, Salisu does not have a goal for us. Um, you know, he's won a couple, uh, he's won a couple aerials. He has high possession marks. We're, he's probably one of the highest possession players on our team. And I mean, how many saves is, is, is he, is, is the bracket had two? He had two shots and mm. I think, you know, going forward isn't necessarily a part of the center back's play. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to the, the final third. Uh, I just want to see him progress in his ball movement going forward. And, you know, in his positional play, it's a little, I mean, it's just all over the place. So I don't think he's going to get sold this summer. I think that's one thing we're going to have. I think we're going to be able to keep him because they want to see him improve a little bit more. He's 22 and he, if he's prone to errors like that, it's not a, it's not a whole lot of fun.
0: you got to make errors on you. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah,
1: he, he is very, very important
0: and we just need to, Need to keep hold of the likes of uh, of Salisi for sure. Um, Adam Armstrong, Tim, coming up against his former club, which, you know, you always want to put in a good performance. I'm not saying that he should have started. You know, Ralph started with Shane Broyer and that is the right thing to do. Um, but he, he does come on on the 73rd minute for Broyer. I thought he looked good. Um, well... <laughs> by contrast to the rest of the team. I mean he looked looked sharp, you know. one thing that you are going to get from him is the energy, you know, he won't stop working the running and he, he did that. And you know, I can't help but think that he needed and probably deserved more minutes there, but but still, you know, he was absent from the Watford game and he wasn't wasn't well, he was on the bench and he wasn't used. But Broya, I much like Salisu, wasn't a Broya-like performance and yeah, he probably a little bit jaded. Um didn't start against Watford. I guess you could say Tim that he kind of played himself out of contention in this um
1: in this Newcastle game. Yeah, it, the frustration is there for him. And that's okay. That's okay. He you have to work out the kinks. Uh the talents there and that's why he's still on the pitch and has been on the pitch for a while, but the frustration as long as he's able to settle it down, uh he'll he'll come back into the side and I think he'll come out ready to fire and ready to fight and try to make a standout performance in the city game. Oh
0: God, I hope so because we bloody need it. Um, and some stats here, Tim, again, like you mentioned, and like the Villa game, lots of possession, no end product, you know, 67% I've got here. Um, 15 shots to their eight, five on target versus their three. You know, we have more corners, more crosses over double the amount of touches we had an XG of 1.3 to then 0.7. Every single stat that you look at, we come up on, and it just makes this even worse here and all that.
1: Yeah, 12 corners to five, that shows that the ball was in the final third a significant amount of time. Um, but then we were dispossessed a ton, 12 yeah. dispossessions. You know, when you're averaging that many dispossessions, even... Yeah, you're not going to win many games, are you, if you're, if you're getting dispossessed that many times. No, especially when you're sitting back like that, and I know you have the ball a little bit more, but they knew where to pick their spots, and I think that's a, that's, that's where Bruno comes in, is that DM, that 6-8 hybrid that he's kind of sitting back, uh, alongside Shelby, and, and Will ran a little bit more, pushed a little bit more forward, uh, feeding the ball into Frazier and Murphy there. Uh, it just was, it was a tactical, not necessarily masterclass, but tactical play by Eddie Howe. And congrats to them, but fuck them. Fuck them, yeah. Man of the match, Tim. Oh man, well I'd go with I'd probably go with Steele. Yeah, well I mean it
0: was a toss up between Stuart Armstrong and, and James Wood Prowse, but I'll probably go with James Wood Prowse then, just because you've gone with Stu. Um, and you know, going on to Sunday, then Ralph promised a response. I'm still waiting for the response from the Villa game, by the way. Um, trying to put a halt to the losing streak. You know, the the home fortress was penetrated by Newcastle, of course, and at least now we have an easy one, you know, a team deep in relegation trouble uh, who haven't won in four, you know, and we've got a solid record against Watford as well, undefeated in the last six against them. Uh, In the 13 games in Premier League history, we've lost twice to them. Well, you can make that three now because we've lost at home to a bad Watford side. Cucho Hernandez with both goals for Watford. Elianoussi getting one back right before the break. Oh, goodness me. Where do we start? Two changes then, Tim. Lots of question marks around this because, I mean, well, Perot comes in for Tino. Fine. Bro you're off. Smallbone replaces him and Ralph decides to go one up top. Now, I'm convinced Ralph was pressured into making changes from the disappointment of the
1: Newcastle game. But this was a mistake, right? I was curious about the small loan, uh, the build up. I know that he's been wonderful to have on the team and be able to recover from his previous ACL injury. I think he needs a year on loan. I think he needs a full year yeah. at a championship side that the opportunities are not there for him right now. And I want him to get the experience necessary to build up because while this is definitely the game that he should have come, came in and st- stood out in, uh, playing either up top or a rotation side with one, I question the lineup choices as well. And, but you wanna, you wanna give Ralph the props because when he went with his lineup against West Ham, uh, they won. They pushed it through. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's trust, uh, put the trust in Ralph. But it wasn't there. Uh, why are you putting one up top against a team that's gonna be sitting back? Are we just gonna play a very, Conservative game and is smallbone the guy that keeps possession? Uh, I want to, I guess my thought would have been uh, Nathan Redmond here. I think mm. he would have been the best opportunity to slide back in. If you were looking for a, a 4 2 3 1, I think Redmond would have been the best opportunity along with in that three midfield. So the, the two being Romeo or Prowse, the three being Armstrong. Uh, Redmond in the center or out center wide, and yeah. O.C. out wide with Shea up top. I think that's your that's your best opportunity. I think that was our missed opportunity there. And while, like I said, I didn't wasn't going to be able to see the game, uh, Redmond's had some – this has been one he has played. It's been one of his better performance years. And you're playing against what would be the equivalent of a championship side, or at least you think about it. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, Pedro, Kuko Hernandez, and Sissoko, uh, those are players that are definitely can thrive in a low tier to middle tier uh, uh Premier League team, but the rest of the team filling in was purely championship level. Especially that, yeah. that back line. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, Cathcart didn't even start and he's probably been one of the players that I could recognize and, I mean, Kiko Kofermina, like, I, I'm, these names are, there's nothing there that, we haven't, uh, that we couldn't have been able to attack. Very, very disappointing, yeah. And you look at that,
0: that lineup, and well, and going back to ours again, you know, Tino wasn't including the 11, and Ralph said he's okay, you know, he just needs a short rest. I don't have a problem with that, right? Because you've got Perrault and, and Kai Walker Peters, those two are more than capable against a team like Watford. But, you know, when you need a response after those two straight defeats, and then you don't play your top scorer, and then you decide to go one up front and play. Will Smallbone, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just think Ralph has been a little bit naive there. He's got to take that on the chin. Um, yeah, very disappointing 11. Um, but then the opening goal. Absolute garbage. What a garbage. way to gift a struggling team a head start. It's absolutely shocking. It's just a complete fuck-up at the back. I mean, Bednarik goes back to Forster. He doesn't need to at that point. He's got plenty of time to get the ball forward. Forster was then lucky to get away with trying to give it back to Bednarek. Bednarek then goes back to Salisu, <laughs> who just rolls it into the path of Cuco Hernandez, and then he takes his chance. T- t- takes his chance. Wow, it has to be said, but that was self-inflicted and that was out of nowhere. It was shocking. I mean, what the fuck was that? It's
1: trash, pure trash. And you can't do the... that
0: at this level. You cannot do that. It's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah.
1: I recognize the uh the, the baneric pass the for uh the Forster. You see the triangle base with their with the with the passes and this is this is an exclusive back for the back line. Uh Forster put himself in a bad position there. Uh and then Salisu ultimately is the air. He needs to hit that. He should know the speed of the ball, uh, on the, on the pitch right now. It was definitely a little bit slower than usual. He gracefully touched it and expected Forster to be able to get his big body in there. Forster did what he thought was best, come on out a little bit. And then Kuko from a, t- Well, let's give let's give Kuko the props there because that angle was just it was a good finish. uh, Yeah, it was a good finish. So our error leading to what was a good finish, great for them, not great for us, and kick your ass in gear because that error led to us losing this game. But then
0: that wasn't enough. Well, Hernandez doubled his and Watford's tally. Another error at the back. Perot this time. I mean, I have never ever seen the hope from the fans just zapped at that point. You know, I I, I remember looking at the clock, and it was around 34 minutes, and thinking, you know, Hernandez has just scored the second. Fans were getting up, and they were heading down for half-time already. I don't remember seeing fans, you know, myself included, feel so just done at at that point in a game. It was just... Horrendous.
1: So, looking at the play, seeing multiple angles, and I spent uh, a few minutes watching this since we we always talk about the goals. So, Perot got had two on one there. He got he drifted inside, thinking the ball played over uh, was going to go to the center, uh, right in the center. Unfortunately, Kuchka's uh, it had a lot of a lot of curve on it. If you take a look at that ball from the different angles, it was. It was, had so much curve and so much speed that uh, he, Perot got caught out. Now, like I said, he was a two on one and it's ultimately the positioning that he got caught out on. He could have done better and you could just see it and he just says, oh shit. You could see it in his voice. Oh shit. And, (laughs) um, Kuchka, as we saw from that tight angle, can be a clinical finisher. Two outside, uh, hits. One with the cross and the other being the actual finish. 2-0. And now that, uh, I feel that's, that's Watford exposing our zonal marking in the corners. That was, uh, you saw Solis, who get initially get drawn out. Once you saw our center back be able to get pulled up, then we were a little bit in the back. Now was it Romeo c- covering? He was a little, he was back, but he was closer maybe to the ball than he should have been. Uh, they didn't feel that there was crosses over the top. Uh, lots of just missed chances there that led to that error, which is the goal. Yep. And, but,
0: you know, Roy, Roy, Roy Hodgson has been around for a long time and yeah. he, he knows, you know, he knows how to exploit these weaknesses, but Tim, Elinice, he did give us some hope and I guess, you know, the perfect time to score really, isn't it? You know, we get back on the track, makes the halftime team talk a little bit easier. Your, your job to get back on track, then it is, is halved. So, uh, yeah, you only need that one goal to get to get yourself a point. It there. came from a set piece. You know, that's what I, I remember saying to the people next to me, like, I can't see Saints breaking them down here. I said, the only way they're going to score is from a corner or a free kick or a penalty or so. It's, it's going to have to be a set piece. And it's exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, so we all know Ward Prowess is capable of throwing, uh, throwing the positioning and being able to pinpoint a target. Uh, he did find that target in Adams. Uh, I think Adams in terms of play has been one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent player on our team all season long. You know, he's pulling in seven out of 10 or eight out of 10 performances on a consistent basis. Uh, he knew that the, at the back end, uh, LA and UC is there going to be able to, to be able to clean on up and just skiddy the ball off necessary, necessary to get it. It was obviously planned, uh, either by, the reference of wherever the the cross was coming in, he knew he couldn't get a shot, so he wanted to push the ball on, and that's the championship level backline that they had there. While well, Samir thought he had good positioning, he didn't, and Adams uh, was able to spray it on. Elianusi, uh was able to make it work, and two, like you said, two one grabbed that ball out of the goal. Maybe trying to push it up, which they had another push up, uh, push up and a chance right afterwards, leading into halftime. And you thought that's going to kick them in gear. You thought they maybe would have got another goal, finish two-two, walk out with a uh, with some bumps and bruises, but they they couldn't do anything more.
0: No, and it was that second half performance that was so disappointing because you know I was having the conversations at the break, and Ralph has to make the changes. you know, Smallbone uh, needs to come off, I think, and, and Broya needs to come on, which which happened, of course. I was also calling for Redmond at this point. I was even calling for Walcott. Because we needed someone to to cause Watford defence problems. Broglie's been causing defenders problems all season. Um, But it was just toothless. And uh, only Kyle Walker-Peters looked like himself out there. And it was only Kyle Walker-Peters, really, that looked interested in this game. The second half performance, after making those changes, still just toothless.
1: Yeah, they were able to expose and get Romeo out of positioning. He didn't have a whole lot of movement. Uh, and when he did, he got frustrated and get his tr- uh, traditional yellow card. Uh, and seeing that just the progressions, uh, from Stu, he did not have the quality progressions. Nope. I think he might be, you know, he's, is it, is he finally hitting the mark where he has, he's 30 and definitely needs to be rotated here and there. Uh, he's been, he's been rotated previously in the last few seasons and while he has the quality and can make it work. Uh, it wasn't his day. It certainly was not his day, no.
0: And um, I want to touch on Will Smallman a little bit more because, you know, you mentioned that a loan could probably be good for him. Yeah, he has been out injured this season and just his second league start. Um, he's been asked to play in all manner of positions across the middle. Um, and now he comes in and replaces the top scorer in a number 10 role just behind Shea. It didn't work for him. Um, and I think he looked a little bit lost if I'm honest, and there's no confidence on the ball. Whenever he did get the ball, I mean, he had it in wide positions on a few occasions, and there was no one there for him. Uh, the whole movement was non-existent, and, and this performance is just not going to help him out at all.
1: No, he, he's, he's ripe for a loan. I would love to see him at a mid- higher-tier championship team. Uh, for like Saints? Been... Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're going to... we're. We're at 10th right now. We'll take it. I'll run with it. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to see him playing again, you know, playing in a team that generally sits back like Middlesbrough, even though they're higher up. I don't want to see him in a team like Millwall. I don't want to see him in a team with West Brom with Steve Bruce. Uh, I want to see him him in a team with free flowing play. I think Blackburn, maybe QPR, uh, Forrest, hell, even Luton might be even a good, uh, good shout for him. that's I, I want to see him get some progression. I think he's got the opportunity. I think he should be coming. Uh, he should be the guy to, effectively within the team, to place replace Walcott, um, the guy that can solidify and just be that six out of ten, seven out of ten, eight out of ten guy. Uh, and he's not there yet. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that. But I mean, if you
0: take him out, we're, we're losing a lot of central midfielders. I mean, we would only be down to the three then, really. Um, so we would need to replace him if he does go out on loan next season, I feel. Um, the third loss in a row then, and the third time we've lost with like a 60% possession, 62% possession this time, 14 shots to their 10. You know, they got the goals through terrible mistakes from us, and we couldn't break them down. And again, we led on touches, passes, 11 corners to their three. Um, and I have a question for you, Tim. Who led the team with most shots?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with... The, uh, I mean, uh, Silesu had the header. El played really well-ish. Um, I'm going to go with uh, El Anussi. <laughs> What's uh, well
0: Solisu with four, followed by Kai Walker-Peters with two. What does that tell you? Your defenders are leading the team with shots. That should not be happening. Our XG, by the way, was 1.3 versus their 1.6. It, it just... It, it's, it's horrible Absolutely horrible uh, Man of the match, Tim I'm, I'll go first Because I think I know Who you're going to go with I'm going to give it To the only one That I thought Didn't play horrible And that was Kyle Walker-Peters mean he had two shots And both of them Were on target uh, And that led the team He had most tackles uh, And most interceptions Also So I think Kyle Walker-Peters Stood out for me
1: Highlight showed Kyle Walker-Peters uh, In just everywhere All over the pitch I get it That he were pushing forwards uh, Fullbacks high Love it Love to see KWP. Um, the only other player that I saw on the pitch that had any, uh, that showed, well, I would say quality, uh, except for Adams, who had that consistent, but not necessarily standout performance is, let's give it to Elianusi. And quick highlight to him, two years being gone on loan to come back and to solidify what it is now, uh, the, was the ideal starting 11. Uh, I want to just give him the props that's necessary as he's come back from what could be a mental break, you know, let's say a mental break where he had the Forster two years off to Celtic come back. And I'm really happy that he's been able to succeed, find that starting spot and uh, come back to us because all points to his character uh, from back and forth that he's been a quality guy. Yeah, his work rate says that as
0: well. I've not been Disappointed with him at all. And also, you know, to come back into a team in in a position that's loaded. You've got so many wide players that can play across that, you know, that number 10 wide left. You know, Redmond, Giannepo, Armstrong, himself, Walcott as well. And he, at the moment, he's leading them all. Well, apart from Armstrong. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's, uh, he's, he's the right
2: man for the job at the moment. This is Klaus Lundgren, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay,
0: then, uh, Tim, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, We we get a little break from the league uh, and we get back to the FA Cup. Manchester City. uh, And we can't even say at least we're at home because, you know, that hasn't been working either.
1: But how can we stop City and, and march on to Wembley? Manchester City. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, geez. Oh, my. Not these fucks. Oil money, oil money City. All right. <laughs> so how do we beat them? Uh, we have to be perfect. Broglie's got to be clinical. celisi has got to repeat his amazing performance that he had last time against them. Uh, we have to expose Diaz being out and hope for a rotation that Silva or KDB has been out. I feel that we can take Grealish. I feel like that we can match up one on one against Rodri, uh, with her tens roaming in and out, and then ultimately Riyad Mahrez scares me. Jeez! Uh, so looking- I think a lot of them scare me. I
0: think the whole bloody team scares me. Even Pep scares me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I think we can play well against them because we know that we've had the opportunities. To succeed against our the higher level teams, where we play down to the uh, to the lower level teams, Abby can see that. Which, if Abby can see that, uh, it gives me the opportunity to see. Yes, that's definitely the change. And you know, let's go back through their last FA Cup lineups. I want to see how they've rotated before uh, to see what changes are there. So we've seen Fernandinho come and play and being consistent. Now, Rodri hasn't uh, played, and right now they've got Ruben Diaz, who's going to be out through the FA Cup game. Uh, they've started in their rotated uh, center back with Akay and Zinchenko. Uh, Cancelo has played both because they feel like they're a little bit lacking at fullback, which is crazy because they've signed so many left backs in their past. Uh, and Kyle, uh, so I expect can, maybe Cancelo, if he's able to come back, and Kyle Walker, which uh, otherwise I would prefer Shin-K- Shinchenko back because I think that's something we can expose. And then is it going to be Laporte and Ake? Is it good Stone's going to be able to come back in? Uh, you know, that's it, going to be maybe our chance that it's going to be a, a little bit more of deficiency. Now, what really scares me is Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez. And if I think KDB is going to rotate out, he didn't play the last two games uh, with uh, he didn't play with against Peterborough. And Gundogan is there. He hasn't had the elite season where he had t- over ten goals in a span of like fifteen games last year. And Jesus is playing, playing as that false nine. So. Uh, are we going to be able to push through? Uh, are we going to see a rot- any type of rotation or changes? And that may, we may be unexpected. I think he's going to have some of his full fledged lineup out there that he normally would have, except for the center back deficiencies. And you're not going to see Zach Stefan who would normally be their FA cup keeper. He hasn't been there. Uh, Scott Carson's been the backup for the last few times, which I'm scared about. Completely different, uh, change of subject for U.S. Uh, men's national team qualifying. We desperately need our, and we're going to be out with our top two goalies. Um, so going forward, we got to be ideal, perfect, replicate our previous performances and hope that we can go 120 and get him, beat him in penalties. <laughs> That's the only hope for
0: us is if we beat him in penalties. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what about our
0: team then? How How is Ralph going to change things?
1: I will yell, scream, hoot, and holler if he goes back to that type of rotation that West uh, that he played against West Ham. I will not be very, very happy at all. <laughs> we we put out what is effectively a champion, a, you know, middling tier championship side against them. And this is the quarterfinals.
0: I don't think he's going to do that.
1: I do not think he's going to do that. I hope he doesn't do that, but I expect that full-fledged rotation. He better go well, for it. Don't forget, Tim. We're off next, the week after, so he's got to give it his all. Mm-hmm. He's going for it, and you know we're, we're going to see what happens. We're we're the highlighted game on BBC. Oh, man, I just I, he he's got to replicate the performance. Pep's going to go back and say, "Ah, oh, what did they do very well? What was going on?" And, uh, I mean, Salisu played out of his mind. He played, uh, that was a top five performance as a center back in the entire Premier League season. I've seen enough games in my, uh, my time that, uh, as an outside chance there is, like I said, as one of, like I said, top five performance. Whew. oh uh, man, we gotta be, we gotta be ideal. Uh, there, there can't be any lack from anybody. And even then, we gotta hope. We went on penalties. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Um, Tim, I'm I'm going to with with Kev being absent, I've decided to suspend our predictions for us and the wives just to make it a little bit fairer. Um, But we can we can still predict, but we can just do it for fun for now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to say that Saints are losing this game. Three one. Three one.
1: Huh? Yeah, I'm afraid so. What say you? I think that we will play a little bit better than we have the last few games. I do think that we are going to have that, uh, that nail, that, uh, the, the, uh, the, excuse me, the gel, uh, that niche type of, uh, thing. I think Romeo is going to step up as Pep has always given him the talk. Uh, he's going to shave his head bald. He's going to be extra, extra spicy, uh, mm-hmm. going through the game. I think they're, oh man, I think Walker Peters is just going to be consistent and I think they're going to uh, I think Manchester United is going to come in for fi- you know another fifty million that take out Juan Bissaka for him I-, I think that that's going to be a standout, and I think Broglie is going to play all right i think oh man um i i I, I think it's going to be a two one closer than we think loss <laughs> okay in
0: that number! hi i'm Leter, and thank you for listening to in that number. Okay, then, uh, we'll start with predictions. Um, as I just mentioned, we are pausing our predictions. But the Discord. Um, <laughs> I think everybody predicted Saints to win both games, uh, with the exception of Not Very Slim Jim, who correctly predicted Newcastle to win the game 2-1. So maximum points for Not Very Slim Jim. Well done. Um, and Fred also predicted a Newcastle win, but not the correct score, so, uh, Fred moves on up to four now, uh, Tony A on eight, Colt on 10, you, Tim, are on 11, Kevin is on 12, not very slim, Jim has moved up to fifth now with that, uh, he's now on 13, Tony M on 13, I'm on 13, um, Scott in second place on 15, well, actually, he's joint up because Alex is also on 15, so yeah, there we go, uh, super six, um, Two rounds to go through. Round 43 was won by Jeff Stelling with 11 points. Uh, round 44 was won by Colin Carter on 14. Uh, and the overall lead, this is interesting. Colin Carter and Tom Hennigan are tied with 358. That's unbelievable. I mean, you think of how many rounds. I mean, 44 rounds of predicting, and they are both neck and neck, 358 points. Incredible stuff.
1: Uh, Tim fantasy football. I have not even checked my side. I am doing very well. Well, average right now is sitting at 43. Uh, I'm at 59. Oh, I've got Uh, the average. (laughs) So uh, one item is uh, Diaz was out, uh, and so I rotated in Van Dyke. Uh, They had a 2-0... I wouldn't say spanking, but a solid performance against Brighton. Uh, they've got a second, uh, second game coming up against Arsenal. Uh, Ben, uh, Ben White had seven extra with the bonus, uh, against Leicester and another clean sheet. Aaron Ramsdale had nine. Uh, Captain Sal- Salah with 18, although there's a decent chance that he may not play or be rotated out, uh, against Arsenal with a foot injury. Jared Bowen, uh, Bowen, uh, he was out, Achilles injury, don't know necessarily going through. And I'm gonna be pushing in Cody, actually. Uh, yeah, that's I've gonna got, be- I've
0: got Cody. I, he scored me a nice healthy
1: 14 points. Mhm. If uh, with with uh, Cancelo being out, uh, I think that's going to be my rotated player back in pushing high and pushing strong in our league right now. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, me not so good. Um let's have a look at the table. Yeah, so Oliver Boast right now with Abra Duvakra, uh, Dub- uh Dubavkra. Um, I can't <laughs> Abra Dubravka Avra Dubravka, uh, 1869 total points. He's at 56 on the game week so far. Uh, 4-5-1 lineup. Good for him. Uh, Mitch Bitch, uh, Bink, uh, with, uh, our friends, uh, over there, Matt Markstone. On the East Coast, eighteen uh, ten for total points. I'm sitting on third, pushed over Freddie Hunt, and seventeen sixteen to his seventeen thirteen. We'll see if that sticks out right now because he's got a number of players that are in uh, that are uh, still playing second games coming up. Uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, Tim, do you have a Southern phrase? This week? So let's talk about a. What would what we call it? A geographical, a complete map that Americans have weighed in all across the country. It is regional, and so, and by regional, it's pockets here and there, but there's one solidified item that you can find that is universal when it comes to pop, or soda, or in this case, Coke. Uh, everything in the South is, oh, I'd like a Coke. But what type of Coke would you like? Because you'd think Coke could be Coca-Cola. If you're like me, who's from a Midwestern guy from the Chicago area, it's Coke. Uh, it's a uh, it's pop. All right. So what type of pop would you like? Oh, i take a Coke or a Sprite or uh, a root beer or something like that. In the South, there's two elements. There's two items you'd say. I want either a Coke or I want a sweet tea or, or I want a tea. And what do you mean when you go to a restaurant and they say, oh, I'd like a Coke? What type of Coke would you like? Well, you thinking just a regular Coca-Cola, Yeah, Diet Coca-Cola? That's what we would say. But, no, they would say, oh, what type of Coke would you like? Oh, I'll take a Sprite. That's because not Coke. Coke. That is not, <laughs> that is not Coke. But yeah. And that, that comes from Coca-Cola dominating the landscape. It's originally from Atlanta and yeah. anywhere you were in the south, uh, in North Carolina where I currently live. Uh, it's not that – it's not quite there. You're getting the influence from the East Coast as it bridge down. Maps I've been looking at here, uh, where it's all been all about. But it's Coke in the South. Uh, went to grad school in Mississippi, uh, lived in Kentucky for a good, good bit growing up. Uh, seeing all that, it's Coke. And it surprises me because I keep getting thrown off, and I don't even drink pop or soda wherever you would be. Um, yeah, we, we, we hear the, the, the phrase pop, but if
0: you were just asking for a Coke, it would be a Coca-Cola over here. Yes, that but is correct. Just a nickname, yeah, yes. a pop, but yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, a reminder again, if you appreciate what we do and you feel like you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, next week, uh, we will bring you our thoughts from the FA Cup tie against Manchester City, um, and then we will be previewing uh, the game against Leeds, which will be on Saturday, the second of April. But um, there'll be a week off in between that, of course. Uh, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints, fuck
1: City. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton.